unbadding, unbadding, we're unbadding, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbadding, baby. We're unbadding. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Unbadding. I'm Jessica Presley. And I am Dana Pereira. Hello, Dana Pereira. Hello. I love it whenever I go to the DMV or like to, uh, I don't know, any place where they have to call out your name and they go, Pereira, Pereira, Mrs. Pereira. Mm, they roll the R. They really do. And it makes me feel very exotic. And because I am <laughs> she said exotic, so white girl, my entire life, I wanted to feel just a little exotic. So I married a little bit of a brown boy. Right, right. And, uh, and I, I mean, I had kids with a Puerto Rican and a Brazilian. Yeah. And now I'm you were trying to get that Latino flair. I, I did. No flavor. But, I mean, I already have the fire. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. but now I I get to be Dana Pereira. That's only because you're in San Diego. If you were in Pittsburgh, it would be Pereira. If I was in Pittsburgh, it'd be <laughs> Pereira Nat. <laughs> Yo, Dana Pereira. You, <laughs> you want to go downtown? <laughs> Dana Pereira, you're up next. Come downtown, get your baronet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at it. It's been a long time. <laughs> Same for me, but I, the Pittsburghies just comes a flowing out of me when I'm around other people that speak Pittsburghies. Hmm. Mine never comes back. Well, you know what's kind of bullshit, though, is that, like, the Spanish doesn't come flowing out of me whenever I'm around, you know, I don't know, people in Puerto Rico. No, it doesn't Mexico. come flying out. No. No. For me, it does, but it's terrible. You are very good with your Spanish accent and stuff like that whenever you are speaking. And I know that there's different dialects and accents and stuff like that. Um, But I just feel so good on the tip of the tongue and the teeth. (laughs) (laughs) It's an excellent exercise that one day I will get to, but probably not ever any day soon. But whenever I'm trying to speak another language, I feel like an idiot immediately and uh i'm like bonjourno may i please nope that's not your language <laughs> gonna have to try that again sir <laughs> well you did pereira so good you just I gotta know. stay in the flow just uh pereira that's because i've been practicing yeah for how many years eight <laughs> yeah. eight years eight eight very short Blink of an eye years, right? Blink of just bliss. Eight years of marital bliss. Total bliss. Mm -hmm. Nothing to complain about. No complaints here. Not on air. (laughs) (laughs) Not for the public. That's for sure. Well, okay. So speaking of public, I did have like a little bit of a did you know. Okay. Let's start off with a did you know. And it is all about the public. Um, did you know about why Drew Barrymore almost got canceled? She sure didn't know. She sure didn't. She sure didn't know. I was really hoping you were going to go with the Oprah thing because I just learned about that today. What's the Oprah (gasps) thing? Oh my God. She didn't know. Oprah was getting canceled because of her whole like backlash on her Maui fund. 
It was Oprah and The Rock. Yes. Okay. So, yes. I mean, I don't really know. How about you school me a little bit on this? I'm going to do a poor job, but I'll try my best. And, you know, our listeners can correct me. Mm. Um, so her and The Rock did a fund for the people of Maui. Um, and she was, you know, asking people to spend their hard earned money and she was making the first donation and this and that. Um, but something about the fact that she is a resident there and, um, the nonprofit that she started is that it will be a direct like tax deduction for her. Oh, and so there was just like some backlash on that. And people were like, Oprah, come on. You know, there might it might have been a little deeper than that. But in my quick scroll of the Oprah saga, that's about as much as I got. Interesting. I did see something about like there was only seventy five hundred dollars in it or something like that. I might be wrong. On yeah, I, that. Didn't, I didn't catch that drift. <laughs> That could have been another story that I am just putting in my brain because at this point, it all just blurs together. It really does. All right. So tell me about Drew because I do love Drew. I do, too. And this was one made she me wrong? really, really sad. She was wrong, oh, okay. in my opinion. Very, very wrong. So you know that there is the SAG-AFTRA strike right now and the writer's strike, yeah? And this is the thing that was going on like way back in July? Same thing? Yes. Okay, yes. I'm familiar. So SAG and the writer's union, they're both on strike currently. And she was trying to bring back her talk show. She started recording episodes of her talk show during the strike um, and people were pissed about it. And I mean, rightfully so. Yeah, because I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong, but like if the the bigger team players here are not part of, then it kind of undercuts all the little guys who this is really about. Right. Yeah, and that's something that, like, I won't even go on and say, hey, I'm watching this on Netflix, and I'm not even a part of SAG, but I do support the actors, I do support um, the writers, and so I am like, I'm not going to do it. I shouldn't be watching new stuff on Netflix. Is, are you boycotting Netflix right now? Um, I mean, not officially, <laughs> But you're mindful of how much you're consuming on Netflix. I'm mindful of a couple of things. I don't know all of the rules and regulations. So I don't want to like say like, oh, I'm totally on board whenever I'm not as educated as somebody that would be in the union. Sure. Um, but her reasoning for wanting to read, like bring her talk show back was because of the people that worked for her. She was like, oh, this isn't fair to them. They need to get paid. They have mouths to feed, mortgages to pay, blah, blah, blah. We're going to bring it back. And everybody was like, excuse me. Like every single person that crosses that picket line to write for your show can no longer be a part of the union. So oh, wow. are you really like they'll kick these people out of the union? Wow. And if they weren't in the union already and they go and work for a show and somebody catches wind of it, they can never be in the union. Mm -hmm. So are you really doing them any favors? Yeah, it's definitely has like a underlying odor of self-indulgence. Yeah. So she did walk it back. Um, she decided that it wasn't worth it and she's not putting out new episodes of her show any longer. But it took like the world to tell her 
not okay. This is not okay. Well, you know, you have to appreciate somebody who's willing to um, step in somebody else's shoes and take a look at themselves from another person's point of view. Um, I think that, you know, when we were kind of sharing stories between her and Oprah, I think part of the difference there is that there wasn't the same um, self-reflection or um, empathy mm-hmm. that was... Um, given to the people who were pointing the finger. So kudos, Drew, for taking a look inward and doing some unbatting. Aww. <laughs> is Drew very more unbatting? She with is. Us? She She's unbatting, baby. <laughs> somebody tag her in this quick. <laughs> we'll do it. I'll do it. I'm somebody. But you know, one thing that she didn't do, which kind of relates to our topic this week, is she did not play the victim. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Good job. Me or Drew. That in. I was talking to Drew, but after your uh, your gratitude, I, I felt like so I had proud. to give that to you. It was a good loop right in there. Thank you. I was like, that was a great segue. It I was. appreciate you noticing that. I did after you told me I had to. <laughs> Yes, victim mentality. That is a big topic and one that we'll be covering today. We'll go over um, what it is, where it comes from, why people do it, what problems it can lead to, um, and ultimately how to unbat it. And the thing is, we all have that person in our lives. I certainly can think of a few people that play the victim quite a bit and And I don't want to take away from actual victims. This is not somebody that is the victim of a crime or anything like that. Those people we should be listening to 100% of the time. Sure. So we're not talking about victims of abuse or victims of um, heinous crimes. We're talking about victim mentality um, and how to identify it Mm -hmm. and how to move through it absolutely and a lot of times even though I just said what I said a victim mentality can come from situations where maybe you feel betrayed or maybe you were in a situation where you felt like you were out of control somehow some way childhood trauma childhood childhood trauma childhood That's usually where it comes from. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It comes from childhood trauma. Um, I feel like a lot of children lack control in their lives. It's one of the things that children just grab for in any little ways possible. We had a quick conversation about this earlier today. It's just that sometimes kids will do the most ridiculous things just to show a little bit of control because they have such little control over their lives. And doesn't that suck? Like, I feel... For little Dana, whenever I was going through something and I felt like I just had no goddamn control over the situation, over my choices, over my life. That's a hard thing whenever you're like, I am me, though. This is me. It's my life. Why do I have to do what you, you know, parent, teacher, police person, whoever figure of authority want me to do? Or, or telling me that I should do when it doesn't feel right to me. 
Right. And that's a tough thing because we are all children at one point. We, some of us choose to be parents at one point, or we are authoritarian over some other young people around us. It's a part of growing up. You got to listen to people. I know. I just really hope that there's like some way, somehow that we can be more gentle and maybe give a little more perceived control to children so that they don't grow up in this victim mentality. Yeah, I think that um, that's the goal, right? It is. And because and, it is a learned behavior. Right. And something that we had talked about before, too, is that the benefit of something being a learned behavior is that um, it can be unlearned. Yay. I love that because, I mean, if it can be bad, it can be unbad, baby. And that's if it right. can be learned, it can be unlearned. And that's right. I think that, you know, like that's something that we should all be paying attention to. Like nothing is permanent, written in stone. Nobody has a chisel and a rock here. Exactly. Um, so I can personally, like you were saying before, we can all think of somebody that um, we know that has this victim mentality. And um, I'll be the first to call myself out that sometimes I feel like I have victim mentality myself. If I get caught in this negative loop um, of a situation in my life, a lot of times I feel like if I'm complaining about something, but I'm not taking action or making motions to put change in that area, then I'm being a victim. So, I mean, I agree and I disagree with that. I do think that there are certain situations in life where things happen and maybe you are getting the raw end of the deal on certain things. I think that if you are not telling the full story to get somebody to either agree with you or whenever you're putting your story out there into the universe or even to yourself, if you're not taking accountability and uh, kind of piecing it all together in a way where it makes you look like you are the little angel that's sitting on the rock and everybody else is trying to throw rocks at you then that's a victim mentality. So here's the thing. Do you think people who struggle with victim mentality are aware of the picture that they're trying to paint? No, I don't. So it lacks the like cognitive awareness um, and playing the victim from the way that you're explaining it kind of feels like this um, never ending role. Like you don't necessarily know that you're playing the role, but like you're always caught in this why me kind of um, situation. Sure. And I do think that there's that one. I think there's many layers to the victim mentality. I think there's some people that are kind of aware that they're doing it and they're using it to manipulate. Mm -hmm. And then I also think that there are people that don't know that they're doing it and that this is just how they feel. It's like a cycle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, when we're talking about victim mentality, what is it, mm-hmm. right? Like, what are some of the signs that people have a victim mentality? And I think the biggest one is you're blaming other people all the time for things that happen in your life. Right. So that looks like um, it was the officer's fault I got a ticket. Yes, it was um, 
the the person who caught me with the phone I wasn't supposed to have in school was just they just had it out for me it wasn't because I disobeyed the rules and I wasn't supposed to have it anyway it was because they don't like me and they were taking it out on me I love the one that's like um you know you get busted with something on your phone and you're like well you shouldn't have invaded my privacy right (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah that's a good one that's a good one um so yeah blaming others is Mm -hmm. one way another way is just um the constant rhetoric in your head that the world is against you the world is out to get me why is this happening to me woe is me everybody hates me everybody just wants to watch me fail i'm I'm, I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm so nice to everybody. I do everything for everybody. And they just want to see me fail. <laughs> do you think I've done that before? <laughs> that sounds like you've been around that block a few times. Honesty is the best policy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so another way is the um, the another way that the victim mentality kind of strikes is this. Um, powerless feeling or feeling like you have no control and that probably does stem from maybe the person who didn't have much control over their childhood um, and now feels like you know I'm powerless the deck is the deck is stacked against me I have no control Um, you know what was me and I think that um, and as a person that had a victim mentality it's like you get so exhausted from all of the bad things that are happening to you. Perceived bad things that are happening to you. Right. And not the consequences of your own actions. They're definitely happening to you. Um, That you're just like, well, I can't do anything about this. It's like somebody that hates their job, right? They're like, I go to this job every single day, um, can't I can't do anything about it I have to go I have to go because if I don't go then I can't pay my bills and if I can't pay my bills then I'm gonna lose my house and if I lose my house then I'm gonna be on the street and then I'm gonna get my kids taken away from me I'm just I'm powerless in the situation I have to do it right and then anytime somebody offers you help you give all the reasons and excuses as to why you can't help yourself from this situation and you get mad at people whenever they offer you help like ugh. What do you don't you think that I would have done this already? Right. If I could have controlled the situation, if I could leave my job, don't you think that I would have done that already? Right. Right. I can't. I can't do it. You want to know why I can't do it? Because everybody's depending on me there. I'm the only one that does any work in that place. They need me there. If I am not there, the whole place is going to fall to pieces. And sure, they treat me like shit. Sure. I get paid minimum wage. But you know what? They need me. And I, I just I can't do anything about it. Right. But the reality is that you can do something about it. You can, but you have to want to. You have to want to. And so I like to kind of keep this picture in my mind to help me remember just how important my choices are in life. Um, I truly believe that every choice that we make in life is like um, the stroke of a painter's brush. Right. And so if you get to create what your life looks like, if you get to paint on this canvas and create any piece of art that you will, every choice that you make is going to be a different stroke of the brush. Mm -hmm. So you can make the choice to go back to that job every single day. 
Um, I make the choice to wake up in the morning and take my kids to school the same way I did the day before. Mm -hmm. And you know what that painting looks like? It looks like the day before. Yeah. Every day looks like the day before. Mm -hmm. But if I chose to in the morning instead get up and paint the same picture that I did the day before, if I chose to say load my kids up in the car and cross the San Diego Tijuana border and drive as far as a gas of tank of gas would get me um, and set up camp and camp on a beach somewhere, my day would look very, very different. Yeah, and it's amazing how you get that choice and how many times you choose to do the same thing even when it's not serving you. Yeah, it's not serving you. And so why complain about the same thing over and over and over if you know you have a choice to change it? I know for me, I get like exhausted hearing myself complain about the same things over and over. I'm like fucking sick of my own self hearing my own voice say the same words over and over and over again. To the point where I'm like, all right, bitch, fucking buck up or do something about it. Right. And that's the thing, right? When you think of victim in a serious way, not a victim mentality, the victim of a crime is powerless. And in our lives, I am not powerless in relation to my choices. Mm -hmm. I am the only one with power when it comes to my choices. Mm -hmm. So it's up to me to take my power back. And if I choose to, to claim to be powerless in any situation I find myself in, then I can, I can admit to being the victim there because that's what I'm doing. If I'm saying, Oh, my marriage is shit and my husband treats me like shit and he's an asshole Mm -hmm. and I want the hell out of here. But like, how long can I do that? Mm -hmm. I can, do that for as long as I want to play the victim. I can change the storyline and paint a different picture. Mm-hmm. Or I can choose to wake up and do it differently the next day. It's always a choice. There is always a choice. And I think that that is something that people forget. Misery loves company. You're attracting people that probably aren't uh, there for your highest self and being. I can understand how people get trapped into these things. I see it all the time. Um, I've been it. Sure. You know? Uh, And so, and, and the thing that is scary is whenever you decide to make a different choice, when things change, change is scary. Mm -hmm. And it's also inevitable that you are going to lose people. It's not going to be the life that you have now. If you change your job, your best friend that you have at that job is probably not going to be your best friend anymore. Unless you guys make a very hard effort to keep that together. That's a reason for me to keep saying the same story in my head over and over and over again because I don't want to lose this person. Right. Or, uh, you know, I mean, in, in any situation, you can spin it in a way where it's, if I do this, I lose this. And a lot of people don't recognize that that is a part of life, losing shedding the people that are meant to be there after the dust has settled 
when you have uprooted your life will be there. Right. And, and just the way that our brains work too, um, we will always seek comfort in the familiar. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes making a big decision to change, um, a certain area of your life is hard because unfamiliar territory is ahead and it's hard to imagine something that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to imagine that what is ahead of us won't or what is ahead of us will be greater than what is our present. You know what I find fascinating about that? Whenever I look back on my life, every choice that I made to uproot and fucking move forward, I cannot think of a single circumstance where it was the wrong choice, where it didn't serve me, where I'm unhappy, where I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Right. I can't think of one because you, whether it's a a positive or a negative, you grow through every situation Um, You know, the saying you grow through what you go through. So Mm -hmm. even if it wasn't um, the most lucrative choice, the most exciting choice, the most liberating choice, you still grew in some capacity. And I feel like um, if you don't have a victim mentality, you can look back on those choices and say, um, I'm grateful for X, Y, Z and having made that choice. And I definitely think that that is a a testament to growth throughout the years. I think that maybe if this was 10 years ago, I might be, you know, whistling a different tune Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. But um, another thing that people do when they have a victim mentality that I was so, so guilty of was keeping score in a relationship. Me, me, me. Yeah. Like all the way down to the house chores. Mm. I'm like, have that narrative in my head. Like I've done this, 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 and this. And what have you done today? Yeah. <laughs> look at look at all of the things that I've done. Yeah. And what did you do? Yeah. Oh, oh you took a nap and you scrolled on your phone. Oh, you needed self-care. <laughs> Fast forward to 10 years later. What did I do today? <laughs> I'm like, I need self-care. Somebody just let me take a nap and scroll on my phone. <laughs> That is self-care. <laughs> it, it, I agree. 100% I agree. Um, but I was down to, uh, I keep going back to work. I haven't worked in a decade, but here I am. <laughs> looked fucking acting like I have. You haven't worked in corporate America in Correct. a decade. You have worked in your home. I have, yeah. Endlessly, tirelessly. With my naps and my scrolling. That's right. <laughs> Damn it. Thank God for elementary school. <laughs> so true. But those first five years were legit. Dude, so hard. I earned my naps and scrolling. You certainly did. But even like in friendships, in work relationships, um, I would keep score. Like I would be like, oh, that's funny. I brought a bottle of wine to her house last time I came over. I see she came empty handed. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah, keeping score, keeping score all the time of everything because I need to prove to myself that I am right and they are wrong and they are out to get me. So now, did I keep score of the time that I showed up empty handed and ate all their cheese and drank all their wine and puked on their floor? No, I didn't. <laughs> but whenever it happened to the other side, it was like, huh, 
Mm, that's interesting. Let me get my mm. little scorecard out for this. Yeah. Adventure. Score one for Dana. Mm-hmm. None for you. Yep, that's right. And and that's just how it goes. Parenthood, uh, co-parenting was the same way. Like, oh, 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 he's gonna take them camping. Pack it up, kids. We're going to Disneyland. <laughs> how do you like that? <laughs> you know, like in a constant competition comparing and keeping score yeah that's tough i'm sure i've kept score in many other things other than um my marriage but um i feel like one of the other things that i was guilty of outside of keeping score was um like trying to get people on my side like if i'm in an argument with somebody right and i'm like really trying to be the victim i'm going to explain myself over explain myself, mm. tell the story to as many people who will listen, um, get them on my side, allow them to validate me and validate my side so that I can further be the victim of this situation. And really demonize the other side. Like, ugh, and can you believe what she said to me? Right. She said she called me a fucking bitch. <laughs> but you left out the part where I don't know you keter car or something like that you well, know? maybe you say it like on the sly I mean yeah I like scratched her car but no need to call me a fucking bitch that was just <laughs> uncalled for yeah I mean I still I feel like um this is one I'm still guilty of you know if I'm I, I just because from a place of like wanting to be understood and when you feel like you got the raw end of a deal or that somebody um had did you wrong yeah you want you want that support. And so sometimes it's hard for me to disconnect from that and be like, okay, but is this really like, what's, what's worth it on this whole story? Why am I trying to get people on my side here? Why am I trying to play the victim of this? Yeah. And, and again, it's really, really hard. I think too, because you have that, there are situations where you're like, well, shit, no, they did me dirty. Mm -hmm. And then there are situations where, you know, you did them a little dirty. They did you a little dirty. You should have just fucking cheers with dirty martinis. But instead, here you are at each other's throats and you're like, oh, did you hear what they did to me? And I mean, I get it. I understand it. I've been it. So when do you think that crosses the line from like venting to playing victim? I think when you are purposely leaving things out or purposely over demonizing something, um, then I, I think that that's when it's pretty clear that you are having a victim mentality in that moment and you're trying to get people to come over to your side. I think a lot of times, um, at least for me now, you have to understand that everybody has their side of the story. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because what I was thinking as you were saying that was like, I wonder how much of this too is like having lack of empathy for the other person's side or the other person's viewpoint. And that's another big trigger word for victim mentality is a lack of empathy. It is very hard for somebody that has a victim mentality to have empathy for the other side. They automatically think that that person is trying to do them wrong. And these are the reasons why I've kept score. These are the reasons why they are trying. They are out to get me. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so I think that, yeah, if you're unable to empathize with somebody or see their point of view or even attempt to see that point of view, Ia might be a victim mentality. Yeah, I also feel like some victims, um, they are out to get something. Mm hmm. Right. It's like um, they are playing the victim mentality because they want something. And at that point, I feel like they're lacking empathy and understanding for the people that they are targeting mm -hmm. um, or the systems that they are targeting and how they are overloading the system or overloading the person either with their stress, with their needs um, and not really considering that, like, yes, you're having a problem and everybody in their life has problems every single person all of the people but the victims problems are always worse and require immediate attention you need to set everything aside for them and that's why those relationships can be so so draining mm -hmm. um and that's why a victim mentality can lead to problems in relationships i definitely some of the people that I know, it's like I immediately, as I am growing and learning and healing and, you know, a, a work in progress, when I notice it, I immediately have to throw up boundaries because I'm like, I can't do this. And that could cause a problem for the person that has the victim mentality because now people in their lives are not talking to them as often. It can feel very lonely for them mm -hmm. whenever they get to a certain point. Like, sure, it might serve you in this way, this way, or that way. Um, but at some point, when everybody kind of catches on and they're fucking sick of it, mm -hmm. that leads them feeling pretty uh, secluded, I guess, is a good word for it. Yeah. And I feel like a victim mentality can't really uh, like so when we I say victim, I think like powerless. Right. Mm -hmm. As we were saying before, but a powerless person can't gain anything from other powerless people. So they don't have a tendency to surround themselves with other victims. They're going to surround themselves with people who give advice, with people who take action, with people who have more of a healthy um, approach to their own Problems suck them dry. And they're gonna leech on to you and <laughs> suck your blood out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a, a victim is definitely gonna um, do the power play a little bit. They're gonna they're gonna level up. See, I I do agree with you there, but I also think that a victim mentality does surround themselves with pessimistic people. Sure, because misery does love company. They want somebody else to tell them like, "Ugh, yeah, you know, like that does suck," and they are out to get you. It's it feels good when somebody commiserates with you, and so if you have somebody that is healthy and healing and growing and has boundaries and is doing the work, they are going to point out a different point of view to you as the person with the victim mentality. And you're not going to like it. It's right. going to feel uncomfortable. Right. And you're going to be like, mm, no, you don't get it. You don't understand. You're not listening to me. Like, mm. Whenever you try and point out like, oh, well, you could do this. They're going to be like, mm, no, I already do that. What are you talking? Mm, you that know? won't work. That won't work. 
I like that voice that I do. That's not going to work. You didn't even no. think about it. You don't understand me. No. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely said those words. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of reasons that people tend to play the victim, let's say. I hate to use the word play the victim, but it's, you know, for all, all intents and purposes, that's what we're doing here. And one of them would be like, they don't have to take accountability for anything. Right. So if it's everybody else's fault, then you don't have to make reparations. You don't have to ask for forgiveness. You don't have to look inward. You don't have to do the work. You can just say it's everybody else and I'm going to sit here in my misery. I don't have to do shit. It's not my fault. I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. It's not my fault. Yep. And everything will be that. It's not my fault. This It's this person's fault. It's not my fault. It's the pothole in the road's fault. So exhausting. It's so exhausting. Another reason a person might be the victim is because they're attention seeking. They want sympathy. Mm. And then as we mentioned before, that they're trying to gain something, whether it be um, a donation, money, again, sympathy, oh, attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much to be gained whenever you're the victim because naturally you're playing on people's empathy and heart. And I feel like um, if you're a new victim to someone's life, um, which I think you'll see as a pattern for a lot of victim people is that they have a tendency to bounce around. They jump friends. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's an initial onset of like your heart pouring out to them and wanting to help them and be the fixer and the caretaker. Um, But after some time, when you realize that you're investing more time and energy into solving this person's problems, who doesn't want to solve it themselves that aren't trying to solve their own problems. I think a healthy person uh, then draws the line in the sand, right? That's when they start to put up the boundaries and like you said, the the secondary gain of that victim mentality, whenever you're going out there, there are people that will pour money into you. They're buying you food or gift cards or uh, medications or whatever it may watching be. Your watching your children, giving you a place to stay. And I've done so much of this stuff for the wrong people if I'm being honest about it I'm not sad that I did it though Mm -hmm. because I'll keep doing it because there are the right people out there that I should be helping and supporting um but I find that uh sometimes I go a little too harsh on people when I was younger if I saw somebody playing the victim all the time that I considered to have a victim mentality, I would not believe anything that they said. And I'll tell you a story. This is what a piece of shit I am. She's outing herself. Once upon a time, Dana was an enormous piece of shit. (laughs) She's not anymore. I mean, I'm a little bit. But so I had a friend who in my opinion, played the victim a lot of times. Um, And I had gone to visit her. She lived in a different state. And um, 
we were out with these guys and this was before I was married. I was single and I was really attracted to this one guy. She was also very attracted to this guy. Same guy. Same guy. Um, and I was like, okay, whatever. Like, and she, I want to say got on a bike and fell off the bike. And she was like, Oh my God, my leg. Like she was just like, her leg hurt so bad he was all over her like are you okay let me help you let me help you and i was like whatever bitch you fucking fake ass bitch like didn't i come on please oh all of a sudden your leg hurts and he's paying you all this attention oh no she broke her fucking leg oh no i didn't believe her i fell asleep at her house she called another person to come to her house to take her to the ER, she fucking snapped her leg in half. Oh. Like she broke her leg. Enormous piece of shit. I am such an enormous piece of shit. I thought, oh, she just wants his sympathy. She just wants his attention and fucking ignored her. In fact, I was probably mean to her because I thought she was attention seeking. Yeah, you know. I like to call that the good old fashioned Peter Pan shadow. <laughs> <laughs> that is the shadow, isn't it? That is what you call a shadow. Yeah. Hardcore. Yep. Oh, yep. been there, done that. Those things that just, you know, for sure somebody is faking it or they are just getting under your skin so bad in that way it's like there's some element of me in there oh totally a hundred hundred percent yeah no I have to really like at this point I have to be like when they show you who they are believe them Ooh, that was my <laughs> mantra for like a solid two years yeah. when somebody shows you who they are believe them believe them believe them believe them believe them um, and Don't make also, excuses for them. Mm, and also. And also if they break their leg and they tell you that they broke their leg. Believe them. <laughs> believe them. <laughs> Even if it means you have to go sit in the ER for 12 hours and it was like a sprain or a bruise or something like that. Like just you'll be less of a piece of shit if you just go and believe them. <laughs> yeah, you won't be telling the story 15 <laughs> years later. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are some other reasons why somebody might play the victim role? I think it's very easy to be avoidant. You're not looking inward. You're not mm. casing yourself, you know, doing the full body scan. What's going on in here? Um, and you, you don't have to be vulnerable at all because vulnerability, it's like one of those scary things again. Yeah. And I think that vulnerability, if I think back to whenever I would say was like my step into starting to do like self-reflection, personal healing, vulnerability was something that I didn't even comprehend. Yeah. Like I didn't even understand, I knew what the word was, but I didn't understand how it applied to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so being like vulnerable, avoidant, mm -hmm. um, or ignorant I think is a thing yeah. I think that based on my own experience I didn't know how to be vulnerable and so I avoided being vulnerable by being a tough ass 
by being um, the victim. Mm-hmm. Um, there was many ways that I just tried to avoid being in my heart space and and showing any sort of vulnerability. Well, that's back to last week's episode when we were so much in our masculine energy. Mm -hmm. We didn't know how to be vulnerable. We had to be strong. We had to be independent. We had to be logical. We had to do X, Y, and Z. Let's make a fucking list and stick to it, you know? Right. And being vulnerable is part of that feminine energy. And that's something that you have to learn and incorporate and sometimes for people it's the opposite they are born and they are just 100% in their feminine energy and they have to learn the other stuff right but for you and I it was the the vulnerability it, it was very much we had to learn how to step into that definitely definitely all right so what are um some of the steps that someone could take if they are noticing that maybe they're they're wondering listening to this episode am I playing victim I mean I think step one if you're wondering at all if you're going back in your head and you're like gosh do I do that do I do that I I mean it's likely that you do we all most (laughs) people do you know and so uh I think awareness with everything awareness is always step one definitely I couldn't agree with that more um noticing a moment where you thought "Mm, am I playing the victim here Mm, what am I trying to gain from this situation and not that that will stop you in your tracks you probably will continue to move forward status quo in the same familiar pattern that you're used to Mm. but the fact that you had that blip on your radar of like am I doing this? I think that that's a really good step one. If you notice the blip on the radar, you're starting to step in the right direction. That is definitely a step in the right direction. And then if you continue to notice it and uh, you are in a situation, maybe stop and think like, how can I take some accountability for this? I'm in this situation. I don't like it. Uh, How is this also my responsibility? Yeah, I like the question, um, what role did I play in this? Yes, absolutely. I feel like that's a really great way to look at your own accountability. Maybe um, you weren't a leading role, but maybe you were the supporting actress. Yeah, I mean, we're all winning some fucking Emmys and Oscars up in here, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, And as always... Sometimes you need like a fucking bubble bath and a candle or a scroll on your phone or a nap. Self-care, bitches. And also self-care in a sense of like when you notice that you're doing these victim type things, don't be so hard on yourself. Know that it's a process. Yes. Compassion. Self-compassion. Know that it's a process instead of being like, oh, wow, you piece of shit. You are playing the victim. You this, this, this and that. Say, Oh, well, look at you finding some awareness. And then you're and like inception victimizing yourself, like a victim inside the victim <laughs> yeah. inside the victim inside the victim. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, taking a step back and saying instead of like, oh, why are you being the victim? Saying like, good for you for noticing. And what action steps do I want to make this change or be accountable or... Um, 
forgive the other person Mm. and move forward. That's one of my favorite words. I mean, it doesn't roll off your tongue like Pereira, (laughs) but forgive. Forgive is so important. I really, really, really love that analogy of um, resentment is like drinking poison and expecting your enemy or the other person to die because it's so true yeah if you are constantly holding on to this odds are that the other person isn't even thinking of it forgiveness is one of those things though I feel like we could do a whole episode on forgiveness we could and we will we will forgiveness is one of those things that like when you talk about it outside of a situation it makes total sense Mm. it's easy to say yes simple concept not easy to do no hard practice hard practice when you find yourself revisiting the emotions of a time that you were hurt or somebody did you dirty it is not easy to push through that and continue to seek out forgiveness through those big emotions. Of course. And we all will have uh, certain triggers, even if we've done the work and we've gotten so far, there will still be times. I mean, I'm still working through something that happened 13 years ago and occasionally I still have a trigger and I have to be like, whew, okay, all right. Thought we worked through this, but that did something to me and I got to sit with it and feel it and say like, what the fuck? But I think another important part of forgiveness is when you forgive yourself or another person, what comes along with that is you are no longer allowed to beat yourself up or the person you forgave. Very true. And that is where I think forgiveness is so huge Because whenever you do that, if you make the decision, I am forgiving this, whenever you do have a trigger come up and you start to beat yourself up over it, you can say, nope, you can interrupt that by saying, no, I forgave this already and I'm not going to beat myself up over this. That's right. And I feel like you have to look at forgiveness as... um like not looking at forgiveness as a destination, somewhere you want to get, but looking at forgiveness as a choice that you make Mm. over and over and over. Because the feelings don't just magically go away because you decide to forgive someone. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't say, oh, someday um, when all these bad feelings go away, I will find forgiveness. That's not how it works. The way that it works is that when the feelings come up, you still choose love, you still choose forgiveness, you still choose compassion, whether it be with yourself or with somebody else in the face of those awful emotions. Because let's be honest, if you are struggling this hard to forgive somebody, it's something big. Yeah, for sure. So it's not like, oh, you stepped on my foot. I forgive you. You know, I'm not thinking about that 10 years later. Absolutely. Um, So it's making the decision when the feelings come up that you are going to push through and forgive. Yes. Um, I think another huge one for how to get over a victim mentality, and this one might sound so fucking stupid, educate yourself, read an article, grab a self-help book, listen to a podcast, watch a documentary. Like There are so many avenues to educate yourself on so many different topics these days. 
if you really want to, understanding why you're doing something, what it looks like, and how you can get over it, there's so much information out there. There's so much information for you to pursue being a better version of yourself. Mm, absolutely. And another one of my all-time favorites, meditation. Oh, it just feels good to say it. Yeah, go ahead, say it. Meditation. Oh. <laughs> That came out kinkier than I wanted it to. <laughs> I sounded like I you're don't know. trying to do a porno or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, meditation. <laughs> so for all you folks out there that say meditation is so hard, I can't do it. Um, I have a specific person in mind I'm talking to. You know who you are. Um, meditation is if you sit down to meditate. And you find yourself thinking about everything other than meditating, you're meditating. You're meditating. That's the point. Being aware of the thoughts that you're having and bringing it back to ground zero, whether that ground zero is your breath, whether that ground zero is um, a feeling in your fingertips, whatever your ground zero is, it's watching the thought bubble take off, realizing that you're in a thought and coming back to ground zero. And the other thing that meditation does for people, especially when it comes to victim mentality, is a lot of times your feelings are so big in a moment. Mm. And being able to sit, I mean, we all know feelings dissipate. If they didn't, we would all be what, like running around here like our asses were on fire 100% of the time. Right. Feelings come, feelings go. They come and they go. And meditation really gives you the time and um, the the quiet inner working to let that feeling dissipate. It's not going to feel so huge when you sit with it for a minute. Yeah. And, and I feel like when you meditate or you have a meditation practice that you become familiar with, you have a understanding and a knowing that this is a moment in time mm -hmm. and you can cognitively talk yourself through that. This is a moment in time. I remember, um, you know, in my twenties, it was like, if something bad happened, it was like, it was all consuming. End I, of the world. End of the world. It was all consuming. But now at 40, I'm like, okay, this is a moment. I can take a few breaths. I can go for a walk, whatever it is. Um, I can work through this and get to, another place this is a feeling that's gonna go I also like the thing I mean I get a lot of my self-help on Instagram and so I really like the if you're not gonna think about this in five days five weeks five years like does it really deserve the amount of stress and attention you're giving it right now right and I think about that a lot like am I really gonna give a shit about that guy that was on his phone swerving this is a true story just last week I rolled down my window and yelled at somebody because they were on their phone driving they were on their phone driving in my neighborhood blew through a stop sign oh my gosh and then we're swerving in front of me and I rolled down my window and his window was open. We were at a red light and I went, put down your fucking phone before you kill somebody. I was mad. What do you do? He went, we're at a red light. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Super mature guy. And I was so 
mad and then I realized that my two little children were in the backseat <laughs> of my car. Stand up for what is right. <laughs> That's what I said to them. Yeah. I was like, hey, guys, I'm really sorry that I did that. But I have two teenagers that are driving and they go through that stop sign all the time in the other direction. And if this guy wasn't paying attention and he hurt one of my kids, I need to say something to him. Now, whether or not it stops him from doing anything in the future, probably not. But if there's a point zero 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 one percent chance that me rolling down my window and calling him out on his bullshit is going to protect myself or my children or somebody that I love in my neighborhood, then yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I did it. You did it. You called him out. I did. I was fired up the rest of the day, though. <laughs> off your phone, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> see, you took action. Oh, and see, and I was you just about to tell you, you need to, like, our grand finale of victim mentality and how to make it fucking stop is... Take action. Action. Take action. You cannot be a victim in your life if you are doing something about your problem. If you're sitting around just complaining about it and lamenting, you're being a victim. If you stand up and you, even if you read a book about it, mm -hmm. that is taking action. It is. If you notice it, that is taking action. It Do is. something different. Take action. Either solve the problem or figure out a way to work with the problem. Yes, I think that, um, I mean, a lot of my take action things, even last week I posted on our unbatting Instagram that I was fucking going through it, man. I was feeling so insecure. I was feeling imposter syndrome. I was feeling just so many things like my dreams and goals were fucking out of reach. And blah, 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 blah. I was just like really being hard on myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what do I do about this? I take some fucking action, right? I go home. I write out a list of actionable steps that I can take to get myself a little closer to those dreams and goals yeah. that I'm feeling are so unobtainable right now. And the thing is, again, these feelings come and they go. They ebb and they flow. And taking, even if it's just a small step, reading that book, writing a list, something small, applying for a new job or uh, having a conversation with people. I don't want to discount communication because communication can do so many mm -hmm. things for you. Definitely. Take an actionable step toward what you want and get yourself out of that victim mentality. That's right. And the next action step that you can take is leaving us a rate and a review. Oh my God. On that apple. <laughs> Do it. Take a bite out of that apple and give us five stars. <laughs> that is right. So let us know um, how you are noticing any victims in your life or um, any ways that you are playing the victim and some actionable steps that you're taking this week. Absolutely. And if you are watching this on YouTube, 
leave us a comment. You can tell us there. And if you want to share anything else, we love to hear all the things. If you are uh, loving the show and you want to share it with somebody or you want to tell us about it, you can email us at unbatting at gmail.com. And uh, until next time, we're unbatting, baby. Unbatting, unbatting, we're unbatting, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbatting, baby. We're unbatting.